Good afternoon. Uh, good morning to some of you joining us. Good late afternoon to some of you joining us. My name is John Carroll. I'm the CEO and founder of the Service Council, and welcome to today's in-service podcast presentation. I am incredibly pleased to be joined by uh, advisory board member of the Service Council, president and co-founder of CareAR, a Xerox company, Sam Weisberg. Sam, uh, thank you very much for joining today's discussion. Really appreciate the time. Hey, John, honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Outstanding. So we'll get an introduction into Sam and his organization, and then we'll get into today's discussion. The topic of today's session is the impact of instructional guidance on experience, a really important one. And uh, we plan to review some of the latest research data from our ongoing research coverage, uh, including the voice of the field service engineer. And, uh, and, and, and Sam will be sharing his viewpoints, working with many of the customers they're influencing and impacting across the globe. Uh, but before we get in, a couple, keep, uh, couple quick housekeeping items. Uh, we want to make this as uh, interactive as possible. And uh, we encourage you, if you have comments, uh, questions, reactions, if you're trying to solve issues at your own organization or learn more about the uh, groundbreaking technology that Sam and his organization is bringing to market, uh, please feel free to submit those um, via LinkedIn if you're listening there, if you're on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. We have a social team that can respond to you and engage you in the right channel. So um, please do engage um, and we'll try to make sure we fit your questions, comments and reactions into today's dis uh, discussion. Secondly, uh, this session will be uh, recorded. So if you'd like to access this as a resource moving forward, uh, you can visit our website or any of our social channels and you can gain access to today's session. Without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and jump into a, a very important and timely topic, the impact of instructional guidance on experience. But before we do, Sam, uh, Sam Weisberg, once again, co-founder and president of CareAR, a Xerox company joining us today. Sam, could you introduce yourself, something personal about yourself, a little bit about your professional background, and then we'll jump into the company introduction. Uh, happy to, John. Uh, I, I love the way you're starting. So uh, let me start with some per personal and I'll dive into professional. So um, uh, interestingly enough, just came upon my 29 year um, um, anniversary, wedding anniversary, and I have, uh, have four uh, grown kids and uh, glad to say they're all out of the house. <laughs> so um, that's personal, professional. I've been in the communication software space for, um, for a long time, pretty much the majority of my career. And uh, I've been, I've been writing that, uh, you know, that tide ever since. So, um, uh, and that brings me to uh, where we are today. Outstanding. Outstanding. You know, Sam, uh, grown four grown kids out of the house. You give me hope that I can survive this with four kids at my own house. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, outstanding. So, so for, for many across the field service and broader service management space, Care AR has become a very recognizable brand. But for those listening audience members who are not familiar, could you talk a little bit about the company and its, uh, its genesis and evolution and uh, some of the customers you're impacting or industries you're impacting? It'd be great for you to sort of uh, introduce the company to our listening audience today. Sure. So, so you know, as I mentioned, my background is in the software communication space, but, but you know, really I've been working across um, technologies that enable communication, collaboration, as well as content, right? And so uh, really... Um, to be honest with you, one day I had a problem, and uh, and and I had something in my house that uh, that I needed fixing, and I, I came into uh, you know a scenario where I needed to call somebody, 
and uh, and I needed something fixed like right away. And the response was when I got to you know the call center, well, we'll have somebody out there you know in a week. They'll be there between these times, and uh, that's the best we can do. I'm like, okay, fine. They get there, they show up, like they said, and it took them uh, you know minutes to fix the problem, and it took me weeks to schedule you know days, weeks to schedule the appointment. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And uh, and the response was, well, yeah, you know, um, you know, now that I saw it, now that I see it, right. Um, I knew what to do. And I'm like, you know, it, you know, you would have, you know, wouldn't there be a way to send me a link, do some kind of like a FaceTime on steroids and, um, and just kind of walk me through solving the problem. And they said, yeah, you know, that's a great idea. I wish, uh, I wish something like that existed, but it didn't. So, you know, it'll be $99, please. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, it inspired me, motivated me to, uh, to really take this idea and run with it. And that, that was really how Carrier started. And, you know, so today Carrier is an augmented reality and AI service experience platform that delivers contextual information in the time of need. Okay. And when we talk about contextual information, what we're really talking about is combination of visual context and content with context, all brought together in a very digital, uh, visual and seamless experience. And we do that for enterprises across a lot of industries who are really looking to transform their service experience. I love that. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. I always I always enjoy hearing founders stories and, you know, out of the garage it's, and, you know, what happened yeah. to when and, and it's good to hear straight from you, you know, how, how this came about and very relevant. And, and this category of technology uh, is becoming more and more important as you know, we start to see customers evolve and wanting them, you know, to they want to be met where they want to be met, right? That remote experience is becoming more and more common. So um, you're filling a real big void in the space and, and kudos for all the growth and and, and what you've done there. Let, let's go ahead and get into our first question, if we could, Sam. So sure. serviceability challenges, according to the, the 2023 Voice of the Field Service Engineer Survey, which is currently in market, we have... Uh, just over 1,500 technicians. So this is the one time a year we go to the front line, which we believe mm -hmm. is probably our most important survey, learning what the front line is challenged by and what they spend most of their day doing and and how could we enable them better. Well, 88% of responding technicians and engi engineers indicate repair and break fix as the primary aspect of their work. And an equivalent 88% believe that the knowledge required to service products is increasing followed by 86% that believe or indicate that work requires greater technology knowledge, and three out of four or 75% indicating that products being worked on are becoming more complex. So the mm -hmm. challenge of the job is increasing in terms of the knowledge requirements and the capability requirements. Can you discuss how service has become more complex in nature from your point of view? Yeah, and and uh, but you're right. You know, the technology out there is is becoming more complicated, more complex. You know, but but um, some of the solutions uh, like IoT and other things are becoming more you know sophisticated, right? So uh, there's there's a uh, you know this kind of creates this perfect storm, John, where uh, where uh, where we find ourselves um, really really playing uh, you know a key role because there's also there's also the dichotomy of the type of people too. You know, you've got you've got people that have been in the industry 20, 30 years, right? They're they're accustomed to doing work a certain way. They're sure. like, you know, more paper, right? And um, and you've got um, you've got a new set of workers coming in who uh, who rather um, you know YouTube something and and want to you know use their 
your phone. So there's a, that kind of dichotomy. And then when you also look at another aspect, and I know you and I have talked about this, is really, so how do they spend most of their time? Okay, and this, this also addresses another piece of this where over 50% of the time uh, is spent across for, for a, you know, the, the voice of the field tech uh, cuts across uh, travel, uh, finding information, and finding the right people to help yeah. them do their task, right? So over 50% of the time is just spent on doing that. You know, now you have, you know, 50% or less trying to deal with new tech and, and actually do the work that they're, they're hired to do. And that's what they love to do. But I would say, um, you know, the other aspect that's going on besides, you know, legacy products to new products. So there's a whole kind of skill, skill gap training that has to go on there. Okay. Which, which by the way, is playing a much more relevant part in, um, in what we're seeing, you know, today is training. And, and I think we're going to, I have a feeling we're going to come back to this topic of training for sure. But the other, the other part is around you know, the customer expectation. It's more immediate, right? You know, we call this like the Netflix effect. I want, I want, I want just, um, immediate gratification. Yeah. And, um, and then the third piece is that when we also look at what's going on, which is around, you know, the great resignation, right? There's less talent out there. Right. Yeah. And so, so what happens is organizations are, you know, no pun intended, augmenting their, um, you know, their field resources, their, you know, service employees with third-party contractors. Okay. Yeah. So you create another issue because they're not trained in how, you know, these organizations, you know, want to perform certain tasks. So, um, so that creates a, yet another set of challenges, right? It's, there's a lot of moving pieces here, right? There's a, there's a big challenge on how to provide a very, you know, consistent and accurate level of service. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what you're experiencing. Indeed. Yeah, you bring up so many great points, Sam, and we're going to build on that. First and foremost, though, I'd like to uh, say thank you and welcome to our international audience, Mokhtar Diallo, joining us from uh, Mali in Africa. My goodness, right. welcome. That's outstanding. Uh, the diversity of our community continues to grow, and, and we love uh, welcoming the viewpoints from uh, an international audience. So thank you for listening and, and uh, tuning in. Hopefully this is a valuable session. Um, so you, you talk about the great resignation, you talk about some of the talent crisis and the dependency on this contingent or extended labor network, which we're hearing more and more about and maintaining quality, consistency of quality in terms of you know, the brand experience and the associated experience with the brand when you start to extend out of necessity, quite honestly, to these extended labor pockets. Um, and and you know, one of the things that we were looking at in terms of the data was Field service engineers are still non-committal to the career. Um, so mm -hmm. last year, 54% of the aggregate uh, population that responded indicated that they were uh, not planning to be a, a technician for the duration of their career. This year, it's dropped. We've seen some improvement year over year. So it's only 47% now, uh, which is, you know, goodness. But when we start to look at, you know, the great resignation is just going to happen naturally. But there's still an engagement crisis in that middle pocket. Uh, we actually isolated Gen Y, which we call ages 25 to 44, and 80% mm -hmm. of Gen Y are not committed to the role. So there's still an engagement crisis that's much worse than last year to a tune of 15-point increase. So there's, there's, there's not only this resignation crisis, there's also this engagement crisis that's persisting. 
and it, it, it you know it's challenged because you know there's it's a tough job right it's a rigorous job um there's a lot of time spent on paperwork and admin there's a lot of right. isolation there's a lot of pressure from management and customers you're walking in oftentimes to you know some really heated in issues that are happening within the customer relationship what what are what are some of the things that you're hearing in terms of supportability opportunities in terms of improving a day in the life of a technician right it you know look i, I just want to say it's a super hard job it's like the fireman you know um and uh you know who who you know there are certain set of people who walk into a burning a burning um you know building right yeah. and and yeah. most of us like run away <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. uh you know uh yours truly but um but there's a lot of pressure right you're dealing with you're dealing with you know both sides you're you know you're you're coming from the a lot of times the uh you know, the vendor or the manufacturer, and then you've got to deal with a customer who's irate and they could be losing, you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars every, uh, you know, every minute or hour that something's, that something's down. Right. So a yeah. lot of pressure and, uh, and they're thrown in these, you know, situations, they get burnout and yeah. they decide to just tap out. Um, what, what we're doing, you know, we really, you know, feel, you know, helps, in that area, I mean, if you know, think about what what I mentioned. So, we're what we're doing is we're providing, um, you know, one way to say it is we're providing, um, you know, contextual information at the time of need. Another way that I also like to refer to this is that you know we're making expertise instantly accessible at the time of need, right? And so they're they're both the same. Expertise is access to either you know um, a live human. Uh, via visual context, kind of like what we're doing here, but purpose built. Yeah. Uh, and the other is around um, content with context, which is which uh, it takes a form of instructional, um, you know, guidance that somebody can use to, uh, you know, to follow a set of self-guided instructions. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, it's a precursor to connecting with a with a live human, right? And so, both cases, you know, we're serving up on an on-demand basis. Um, instantly at the time of need that's that's contextual that's very relevant to the the task at hand on the device that they choose to use kind of like what you said before kind of where and and how they want that and so we're giving them help right yeah. we're giving them uh, you know information knowledge when when they need it to to allow them to do their jobs you know better so a lot of times they don't have to be you know um you know the the the, the expert on everything but but they have certain, you know, set of foundational skills that if, if they had some, you know, guidance, whether that's from afar or, or, uh, you know, in front of them that, that, uh, through instructions, right. They could solve that problem on their own much more effectively. And, um, and so that's how we're kind of, you know, aiding in the, in the help of, of these, um, of these field workers. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, sometimes this comes into the form of what I just mentioned. Other is, is training, like on the spot training, which we're starting to see play, you know, more and more of a role. But I think a combination of these things really, really lends itself to, you know, helping to take the friction out of, out of the, you know, the, the tough job that, you know, the, the technicians in the field have to perform on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 um, to your point, we hear a lot of focus on upskilling and reskilling uh, with respect to making the information necessary to be effective in the job. And, and AR is a, a critical enabler of that. Yeah. So we, we're hearing a lot yeah. more about that. The, the other thing just to, just to build on that is, um, um, and, and I'm 
I've also feel we're going to get into this too is content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, content, uh, the type of content is really uh, becoming more immersive, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so a lot of organizations have content already, and that's great. We leverage that too in, in kind of what what we do and 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 how we how we you know create these um, these instructional um, uh, experiences for uh, for the technicians. But uh, so you know two D two D type of content, you know paper yep. video. Right, right. Yep. But some of the more immersive content, like uh, that in the form of a digital twin, three uh, mm -hmm. D, you know, visualization, right? All uh, you know can really enable and empower those individuals to really have a better context in what it is, how to, you know, how to how to address that problem. And uh, so I think that some of the advancements in content uh, also plays a plays a role for um, for really helping. Um, helping these individuals or these, you know, these roles perform their tasks better. Outstanding. Do you mind if we can circle back to the capabilities and the frontline and, you yeah. know, what sources of data, what are you hearing from your customers, your market segments in terms of the sources of data that the frontline is craving? What, what, what are the areas that the, the frontline is looking for? So they, they, they want the how to's they, they want, they want, um, information, how did, you know, uh, so what is, uh, so it's, it's really, it's really the context is, is what they want. And, um, you know, this, this, you know, if I go back to the problem that, that, you know, we see today and, it's, and by the way, it's, it's still out there from when we started. Um, so, you know, if, we, you know, the day in the life is you've got, you've got, you know, um, dispatch, field service management type of, type of, you know, systems that, that, you know, do a great job getting, you know, the right person to the right place, you know, at the right time, right. Mm -hmm. Presumably with, you know, the right part, but so they, 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 you know, orchestrate the, uh, the scheduling, the optimization of that resource, you know, of um, um, who needs to, who needs to go, what do they need to do and when and where do they need to be? Okay. Yeah. But, but what was really also interesting in our findings that almost 40% of the time that that person was uh, dispatched, you know, on site, um, they needed uh, help in order to finish their task in order to prevent a follow on truck roll. Yep. Okay. 40%. Um, so then it's like, okay, so like, what, what did you do in those cases? Well, you know, I, I, you know, do, you know, pick up my phone or FaceTime or, or I Skype and, and it would be a, a call, you know, out of the workflow just into, into a friend, into another field tech, into the service desk. And it's, Hey, um, I've got a problem. Can you help me finish this? So, you know, I could, you know, I could kind of leave here yep. uh, without, without, you know, and finish the job and I said, you know, sure. Why don't you tell me what you see? Right. And it's, you know, cables, you know, cables, wires, blinking lights. And, uh, and that, you know, that time after time led to follow on truck roll. Okay. Yeah. I can't really, I can't really tell, so, you know, so forth. So, so, you know, Part of this, we, we, we changed that conversation from tell me what you see to show me what you see, okay? Yep. And, and what we found is that 50%, um, right, they're able to solve the problem through visual context, okay, with, with some, um, you know, AR guidance uh, uh, complementing the, uh, the live video as a, as a sure. for instance, right? Sure. So, um, you know, what we're hearing is, is uh, access to information when they need it. In, in various forms, 
Um, we are hearing, you know, it's, it's timely, the, the topic here, if you're, um, you know, the podcast here, right? We're hearing um, a, lot of, a lot of asks for self-service. Okay, you know, let me let me you know um, let me perform these tasks on my own, right? Sure. Give me the tools, and uh, and that is is a is a extremely hot area for us, you know, yeah. right now. Um, so 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 there's actually, and then and then I'll say there's two parts to that, and and we could kind of take it anywhere you want to go. Yeah. But one is one is you know okay, I need to consume the you know this instructional content. That's what they're asking for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is, okay, that's great and all, but, you know, how do you build that? How do you create that? And how do you do it in a way where you could do it at scale? So there's, a, yeah. there's, a, there's another piece to that. But um, so we're seeing, we're seeing, you know, a lot of that too. But everybody, you know, we're seeing a lot of that in the field is give me, give me instructions that are contextual that let me do this, do this that, that kind of, um, you know, reduces the skills gap, right? Helps, me, helps also me ramp as well. Yeah. 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 I think um, you, you bring up a lot of good points, Sam. You know, we we still see a dependency on phoning a friend and phoning a colleague mm-hmm. um, in terms of um, uh, when they're stuck. Uh, what are they doing most commonly? Um, and and we see organizations aiming to build infrastructure behind that in terms of creating support and collaboration across the team, whether it's back office to the front line or frontline to uh, the manufacturer if there's a subcomponent that they need troubleshooting on, or you know having not only the ability to speak with them but text with them and right. collaborate with them. So we see right. a lot more of that. Um, yeah, um, we see a dependency on service manuals and the information. But to your point, we see uh, an evolution towards creating context around those manuals, right? Those paper-based manuals. You know the thick uh, dictionaries that are out there that still exist. Um, how do you put context behind that in terms of you know exploding diagrams and more digitizing of those manuals and knowledge-based articles that can be helpful for the front line? Um, so so a lot of evolution there. And and you brought up another critical point: um, the the focus and emphasis on parts. Um, we we continue to see you know a, a craving from the front line for you know, the ability to see uh, where parts are, uh, inventory visibility, the ability to order yeah. parts, the ability to share parts in terms of borrowing from a colleague or from, you know, other parts of across the organization. So uh, those are just some of the things that our research is telling us. Yeah, yeah, you know, parts, you know, parts uh, is coming up uh, a lot, you know, these days. And, and, and I think it's just because, you know, we're maturing, you know, um, just the, the space is maturing and it's like, okay, the next area, the next frontier of, you know, um, how do you solve, you know, what do you do in this, in this case, you run across, you know, a, an object or an asset and you don't know what it is, or yeah. if you do, um, you don't necessarily know, you know, what to do with it, how to repair, replace it. Right. Um, how many in inventory do I have? How can I source that easily? all within the same workflow, all within the same, you know, experience, right? Yep. Um, yep. So, so they can do their job better versus, you know, having to, you know, do, do this all kind of, you know, as, as silos. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, we can help, we can help that, you know, that tech in the field perform their job uh, more effectively than, than, you know, the output of that is going to be a better, you know, 
customer experience, right? There's, there's always that recipient on the other side who's receiving this better experience, right? So, so we, you know, there's, there's two sides to the coin. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one delivering and the one receiving. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but you know, to, to, to maybe touch on this other part around paper, Okay, yeah. that you mentioned, right? So, so paper is this other pervasive issue that we're seeing. There's a tremendous amount of paper or static content within organizations, and and you know a lot of the a lot of the service organizations that we work with today, or enterprises that have large service organizations, are um, have have you know are historically paper based forms, paper yeah. things like that. We've got one one customer uh, in 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 particular that. Um, <clears throat> that uh uh this is this really interesting so they um they service um you know a variety of large um you know uh chain type of organizations so think about you know 10,000 establishments um mm -hmm. of the same kind across the country and they have a, a lot of them right and and what they do is they um they utilize third party contractors to to um implement um a standard set of um configuration across these different, these different systems, these different, sure. um, you know, uh, locations. And so uh, what they do is they have, you know, first, uh, you know, higher skilled um, resources of their own do the first, maybe, you know, five to 10. And then what they do is they create a package and that package consists of uh, paper with pictures. Okay. And they go, here you go. Uh, now go, you know, go, they take that to a couple hundred of these third parties to go to, a, you know, several thousands of others. Godspeed, you know, um, you know, now go do that in a very short period of time. And guess what? Um, people don't, you know, follow instructions. They don't, yep. um, they take shortcuts and, uh, and it creates, you know, it triggers more SLAs and, um, and, uh, and it creates more, more, more SAT issues. The other thing that happens always is that things change in this static document. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, a new, a new part or a process may change. And so what, what do they have to do? They have to redo the whole thing and send it back out again. Sure. Right. You sure. know, wouldn't there be a great way if, um, hey, I could just have this as a as a digital experience, and I can um, I could just serve this up via a QR code, and uh, and anybody with a mobile device can just consume it that way. And if something changes, I could just change it within the you know within the application, and everyone automatically just has the latest and greatest. Um, but that's you know to the point, right? that, that, uh, that you're making is that how do you, you know, there's this whole transformation, there's service transformation, there's content transformation. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in, um, you know, uh, that, that, you know, the technicians, these enterprises that, that are trying to roll out a better customer experience, um, you know, uh, or service experience, um, yeah. you know, out in the field are, are dealing with. Sure, sure. So let, let, let's circle up to the topic of today's podcast. Great points, by the way. Um, the, the, the concept of instructional guidance, okay? So we, we hear a lot more, and, and we've talked about some of the issues why, which is uh, service leaders are tasked with doing more with less. And yeah. so there's a big focus on quality and throughput and utilization because, quite honestly, there's a scarcity of talent to support customer demands. So, yeah. uh, so we've seen this focus on guided workflows. We've, this has become a popular term, which links very closely to instructional guidance, if you will, in terms of creating process rigor, uh, supplementing information and knowledge so that you can guide them through the process of service delivery. And, and 
I guess for our listening audience, I'd love if we can together establish some definitions for what does instructional guidance mean? And I have a couple follow-up questions that I'll put behind that. Okay. So to, you know, for us, um, instructional guidance is, is, is in the self-service family. So it's a, it is a, um, a self-guided uh, instructional content that, that a, a, a user can walk through step-by-step um, process in order to complete a, a, a task, um, uh, to complete a set of tasks or to complete a task, right? So, so self-guided instructions, self-guided instructions that are step-by-step that, that walk somebody through completing a task. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's helpful. And, and, and that, <laughs> Sometimes that's, the, the most simplest thing is, is you know, the hardest yeah. thing to explain, but that's, that's how we net it out. Yeah, that, no, that's outstanding. And so, uh, so let's, let's, let, let's build on that in terms of, yeah. can, can, can instructional guidance be universally deployed? So can it be both deployed to your service workforce and to the customer is because we see a lot of customers seeking to self-serve, right? But you know, that DIY experience has to yeah. become more sophisticated with instructional guidance. And, and so doesn't that of the workforce who's delivering the service in the event that they're um, dispatched to support an issue or something of that nature. So is your viewpoint that instructional guidance is, is kind of universal in terms of both helping the customer as well as the service worker? Is that a hundred percent? Yeah. hundred percent. That's exactly um, where we see the need to, and that, and that, that, that drives both the, you know, the, um, you know, the service, the customer experience, as well as the employee experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the employee experience, whether that's, that's the service worker. Right. Um, and then the customer experience, because um, look, I mean, <clears throat> and, and I'll, you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you just a fantastic use case that we see, you know, right now that is, um, you know, that I think is a pretty hot area. And, and, um, and I think everybody's experiencing this who, who has, uh, you know, internet at home, you know, so, which is like everybody, uh, I think, um, I hope, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's a terrible, it's a terrible and painful experience. And, and whenever we talk to, whenever we talk to, um, you know, to a C-suite, if you will, they, they, everybody always talks about their experience that they've had with getting, you know, internet or, um, or cable. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but, but that's, that's what people point to. But, but if you think about it, right, in order to do that, I've got to, you've got to schedule somebody to come out to your home and, and that takes, you know, days, if not weeks, typically. Okay. And, um, and then, and then the, you know, the time it takes for somebody to be there, you know, you've got to wait, you got to wait for that person to show up. They, they, you know, it takes them a while. And, uh, and that's just a, that's just a process that nobody likes. Now, what if, what if, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a modem gateway, a 5G mobile gateway can just be sent to your house with, um, with a, a, a QR code that you can just consume and walks sure. you through, unbox, onboard, set it up, and, uh, and you can do that all on your own. So that creates a great customer experience, you know, on the, on the, on the service side, you know, the last thing that last thing a server provider wants to do is, you know, send out, you know, somebody in a truck, you know, it, yeah. it costs money. They can yeah. be used for other things, but, 
but um, self-guided instructions, that's, you know, one example. And it's a, it's a, it's a popular one, you know, right now, but you know, how can self-guided instructions be used from a consumer perspective, right? So they could be empowered to do, to do things on their own without having to talk to a human, without having to wait for somebody, but just get that immediate gratification that I talked about, you know, earlier, that's one of the drivers and, and let them perform those tasks and, uh, and get the knowledge that they need on the spot uh, in, order, in order to perform that task. Uh, so we're seeing, we're seeing um, um, a, a, a significant uptick in various consumer or even <clears throat> um, end user within businesses, right? Mm-hmm. To, uh, you know, to have that same type of use case, same type of empowerment experience to do that in an office setting as well. Outstanding. Outstanding. I'd like to circle back to a topic, uh, go a little bit off script around training, because you brought it up. And we've been talking a little bit about how AR and visual support technologies can be a strong function of knowledge capture and supporting training and and, and all the good things that are helping to um, aid in the, the development of the future workforce, if you will. One of the impediments, so we we always talked about visual support technologies as a category uh, impacting operational efficiency, right? That, Mm -hmm. you know, throughput can be created, um, uh, utilization rates can increase because of this this upskilling and reskilling, which is aiding the technician solving first visit, uh, mean time to repair, all all the critical KPI that we talk about. But yeah. the, the, the other benefit of visual support technologies is around the knowledge capture to train the future workforce. There's a, there's a huge element of that. But it's been a challenge for some organizations in terms of content creation through AR. Yeah. Can, can you talk about how you're aiding in that, that, that training process and, and where you see AR making the biggest impact? Yeah, you know, this is a really interesting one for us as well, because, yeah. it, again, as as uh, as the space matures, right, you know, um, um, more areas become to kind of be, be brought into into the fold. So so I'll, I'll touch on a couple of things as it pertains to the to the training piece. But sure. um, uh, one is so we, let's just start with the easy stuff. The you know you have a you have a remote AR visual session, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what what happens? You've got you've got somebody performing a task. Uh, you've got an issue and you've got a resolution. Sure. Okay. Issue and resolution. Uh, uh, on our on our platform, we capture that content. Okay. So so we can capture pictures, but we also capture that that recording. Okay. That recording is now used for organizations to use for training purposes. Yeah. Okay. So, so that just creates content. So, you know, we call, you know, yeah, we talk about, um, you know, uh, the use of remote AR support, uh, solving problems, you know, better, faster, cheaper, but, but what we're also doing is we're, we're enabling the creation of content. We're creating that content to be used for either um, training, part of knowledge base, right. That, that also aids, but, but training is a big part of, they start to, you know, curate organizations are starting to, you know, curate this content that could be used. Okay. Then, then there's the self-guided instructions that we've started to talk about. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's also content that that's used, you know, on the, you know, on the job in the field, but then also be used for, um, for training, um, 
uh, for, uh, you know, to, to reinforce and to help hone in skills. Um, you know, the military has a term, we're working with some areas in the military called sets and reps. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is, Hey, when I'm not, when I'm not, you know, in the field or I'm not, I'm not active, right. I could start to practice situational, um, you know, training, if you will. Uh, but self-guided instructions allows, allows, um, you know, those, those individuals to, you know, to, um, have a better understanding of, uh, of the situation before they actually, before one, you know, actually occurs. And, and now we kind of bring it all together around enabling, um, uh, techs in the field to create content, what we call in the field on the fly. Okay. So, so content we feel is, is a continuum. Okay. Yeah. There's content that pre-exists that we bring in to, to, uh, you know, create a, a you know, an instructional experience. Um, there's uh, new content that's it's created, uh, during every, uh, remote AR session. And then there's content that gets created as a self-guided, um, uh, uh, instructions that gets created, um, within those enterprises, but now like in the field on the fly. And you bring all that together. And then there's another piece, which, which, is, which was in, really interesting, where um, the content started to get created by you know, the technicians in the field and the service leaders, et cetera. But what we started to, to see now is um, a training and, and learning and development uh, um, functional areas within organizations have started to take over and they're the ones really creating that content uh, for these new employees being ramped as well as reinforcing some of these new best practices for, for existing um, personnel. And, um, you know, it's a great example at Xerox where um, they're now doing that, making this content available virtually. So they're saving a, a lot of expense, not having to fly people into a location and now being available uh, virtually, but also on an on-demand basis or on the spot, right? So, so a lot yeah. of this is really kind of coming together. Um, it's you know pretty fluid, but but very quickly coming together, all all in the way of how to how to provide better tools, better better help uh, for for these people that are providing you know a really hard job. Outstanding. Yeah. Thanks for that walkthrough. Yeah. That's uh, good, good instructional guidance on how to uh, use AR for the purpose of, of reforming your training uh, programs. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, let, let's talk about one of the areas that's a big challenge and remains a challenge, which is the integration of technology into process workflows and getting started on an instructional guidance you know, transformation. You know, one of the things that we still hear is, you know, the integration of the technology into the process workflows. Um, service leaders are pointing to that as at, at a rate of 40% of the time is the biggest impediment to a successful digital transformation. Uh, so integrating that process workflow together with the technology experience that's being improved. Can you, can you talk about the steps that organizations can take to effectively launch an instructional guidance program? Or transformation. Yeah. yeah. And it, and that's the, that's the, you know, the long pole in the tent that, that we're finding is, is really, um, uh, you know, bringing this process there. So there's the, there's the process, there's change management. Okay. And then there's actually like, you know, creating the content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and all this was good, but it keeps coming back to, yeah, but like, 
how do you, how do you create the content? And, and, you know, do I have to hire an army to do it? You know, <laughs> can I do it myself? <laughs> you know, we get that a lot. Right. Yeah. But, um, but you, you need to, you know, you need to think about it around um, how to, how to organize, um, you know, the content that you have, first of all, and you need to think about, you know, what are, what are the, you know, what are the, you know, the, um, you know, the various tasks we want our people to do. Okay. And then it's like, okay, what content do we have today? And what content do we have to, you know, to, um, you know, to create. And, uh, and, and so, you know, that's a big part, a big first step is, is, you know, really identifying, um, you know, what are the, what are the, you know, what are the tasks that you want people to do? What are the content that you need to create? Um, what do you have to work with right now? What do you need to, you know, what do you want to create? Okay. So, so, um, you know, we, we have, um, you know, services that help organizations really, uh, you know, accelerate this whole effort in their service, uh, you know, transformation journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and we, we offer that in a very, very simple way. The other thing that really I would say has been a, a game changer, I'll say are two things. One is, um, we, we introduce a designer tool that, that, uh, is no code and it allows really anyone to create instructional self-guided experiences at scale. So we really think we kind of democratize the ability for, or, you know, organizations, but more importantly, like anyone within organizations to create um, instructional content on, on their own. And, uh, and that, that has been, um, you know, I think really kind of game changing for us. We introduced that last year and, and it's, it's so simple, John, we just give people the, the tool and, uh, and it's so intuitive. They're able to create experiences, these instructional experiences on their own. And, um, and so that's, that's been taken off and we've really worked hard and continue to work hard to, to continue to introduce more tech, you know, into that. The other, you know, and, and so, so we talked about AR, AI kind of works its way into this by now um, being able to provide um, uh, verification. So visual, you know, verification on, you know, um, an object, an image, a state, Okay, so so uh, when I'm performing my step-by-step instructions, so I have I have a task, and let's say the you know the task has ten steps. Mm-hmm. Okay, each step has to be done. You know now now look, there are simple things, simple tasks, and then there's you know complicated tasks. Okay, and not every task you need to you know you need to you know incorporate sophisticated technology with, right? But an example, let's just say that you know that you know, it requires, um, especially when you're using third-party contractors, right. Who may not have done that before, or you've got a new resource who, who've come in to the, you know, to the job and uh, they do their skills gap. So in what are the event, but, but imagine if each step you, you have, uh, the ability through, through your mobile device to, to, okay, assess with a high level of accuracy. Did I perform that, that step, you know, correctly, accurately and and you get a verification and then at that point um the next step gets served up and if you haven't right the system will tell you you've not and and will will prompt you to to do it again so if you and so if you think take that through each of those steps and at the end right i not only look at you know each each object and uh, you know is the cable put in plugged into the right port is the knob turned the right way and then i look at the completed 
you know, state of, of my task. And I'm able to determine, yeah, that's, that's been completed successfully, you know, validated and all that. And, and um, so number one, you know, it provides a, a very high level of consistency and accuracy as mm -hmm. part of these uh, instructions as an aid, as a, as a, as a tool. And then all that information, each step, if you will, can be saved for compliance purposes back into the, the system of record. So you have a compliance piece of this as well. Um, and that kind of provides the whole, you know, um, um, assistance, guidance, and compliance, all, all part of um, kind of this workflow that, uh, um, you know, that, that we feel really lends itself to providing um, not just a better solution, right, but, uh, but a smarter solution, and in some cases, even safer when, uh, when, um, when you, you bring into some of these, um, you know, manufacturing or, you know, remote type of requirements. Outstanding. Thank you for the overview. What a great roadmap for our listening audience to, to consider as they embark on a similar journey. Let, let's go to, um, you know, we talked about service experience or experience management being improved and how it's universal for both customers and employees. And we believe like many that, you know, employee experience and customer experience are just inextricably linked, right? That you can't separate the two. There's so many parallels between how you approach it, how you measure it, um, and and so on and so forth. Do you share, I know you share that viewpoint, we've already talked about it, but how do you f define best in class experience? What, what are you hearing from customers alike in terms of what is true north in terms of experience improvement and experience altogether? Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned a bunch of KPIs earlier, right? Those are, yeah. those are some of the, you know, the foundational, you know, ones, but, but I would say, look, um, what we found is that different organizations um, are in different stages of their journey of their, you know, yep. customer experience journey, service experience, you know, journey. Right. So, so it's really different for, for, um, for different organizations. Some just want to take trucks off the road. Okay, look, I want to take 10%, 20%, 40% of, of, of trucks off the road and improve my operational experiences that way. Okay, what's also interesting, if you take a truck off the road, you're saving, you're saving on, um, on uh, kind of the, the ESG, um, you know, uh, bucket around, um, uh, you know, carbon emissions, right? So that's another, you know, byproduct, which is, by the way, also another type of KPI that, that organizations are getting into. But, um, you know, so, so we, we find from a, from a journey perspective or, or for some of the best practices, right. It's around, um, it's around, like, I would probably say, um, the low hanging fruit, what we see consistently is around, uh, can I, um, can I deflect the dispatch and can I reduce resolution times? Yeah. Those are, those are the, the main, the main thing. And, and if you can, if you can do that, there's a bunch of byproducts that you start that kind of a ripple effect that start to um, happen as well. I mentioned, you know, yeah. um, um, around sustainability and emissions, but you know um, you get to the first time resolutions faster. Right. And you, you know, customer, and then if you, if you start, you know, doing these things, you know, guess what? Customers are going to be happier. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned, you've got the, you know, the, the customer experience, employee experience is, is really something that, we don't hear enough about, yeah. um, but, but, um, but, you know, we, we, we think a lot about, 
you know, that employee as well, that service employee who's delivering, you know, who's being enabled or empowered to deliver a better experience. Right. Um, How does that, you know, how do they feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. I think you talk about a, a number of critical KPI that are causal in nature to erosion of sentiment. Right. So like mm-hmm. when we look at if we isolate CSAT or customer sentiment, we've seen this evolution from satisfaction to net promoter. You know, how was your experience? Rate your experience. Uh, would you recommend us to now effort? Right. There's this mm-hmm. effort orientation. You know, how difficult or how easy was it for you to seek and receive support today? Um, and uh, the same should be that that should be the same approach internally, right? How easy can we remove friction from the employee experience, right. which of course translates into the customer experience, right? So we hear a lot of focus on that. Hundred percent, and and just think about you know dealing with any kind of you know service provider or manufacturer, and and in the case you know when you received a um, a great service experience and yeah. and those that you received a, a horrible service experience, right? it's it's it makes such an impact Absolutely. right like oh, i don't want to deal with them again they're terrible right yeah. versus hey this is uh this is a, a you know a delight yeah. and you know uh, you know one of the things that we're seeing more and more about is is now we're working with manufacturers so you know we think about and we also look at we kind of bucketize you know our customers in two ways those that those that service a product and those that make a product yep. and if you think about those that make a product right how do i how do i deliver that product you know, with a better experience to those consumers or, you know, businesses buying that, right? One of the ways that we're doing it is by, by enable, providing these self-guided instructions inside. And, uh, and Xerox is one example where um, uh, every new Xerox product is now rolled out with a, uh, a carrier um, self-guided instructional, actually digital twin companion. Um and so, so think about that. So there's a, there's a QR code for every new device. And now any, any consumer of that now, new, new customer can, can it, you know, take a product tour as well as look at a um, variety of how-tos. So I don't have to call into the service desk, right? I could do these things on my own. And, and um, this just kicked off this past March. Okay, That's so it's pretty, pretty exciting. Um, and, and there's a survey as part of this application that's, totally optional, but people are responding to it and it's four, nine out of five. And it's, you know, wow, what a great experience. You know, this is, this is fantastic. I'll buy another product again from, you know, from Xerox and, and so forth. So we're seeing, we're doing this for others, by the way. So we're seeing more and more of, of things like that around self-guided instructions, more content around, um, you know, better serviceability, better experiences around, um, uh, you know, for customers, for, and for um, um, employees, outstanding. So, can can we talk about the future state? What, sure. what what's happening going forward? What what's the next wave of growth in terms of service innovation? We've heard a lot about Chat GPT and AI and and all this other stuff and how it relates to the service experience. What what's next for for Carry R and what's next for the broader service segment in terms of you know what's what what's the future state look like? Well. Um... I hate to say it, John, but there's a lot of work still to be done <laughs> within, um, you know, within the, you know, the, um, you know, this, uh, this field service domain, if you will. Um, but I would say that within that, 
there's a, there's a greater need and a greater focus around delivering um, self-guided um, service experiences uh, at scale. Okay, so um, so we we really feel that that is a, that is an area of uh, of high interest and 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 high growth for you know for us, not just delivering it, but helping organizations um, you know create these experiences um, and leveraging the content that they have as well as creating, you know, new immersive type of um, instructional content, like a, like digital twin, et cetera. So we see, we see more and more and more of that uh, across a variety of industries. So we're pretty, pretty excited to be able to, you know, to be in a, in a position where we're, we're really uh, you know, driving this, making an impact. The other thing that um, uh, is also really exciting too is, is, you know, we're, we're also kind of, we've talked about the customer experience. We talked about employee experience, you know, as this pertains to kind of the service experience category. Um, but you and I have had, uh, you know, have had experience uh, on, a, on a recent conversation and, and uh, we'll, we'll have a follow-up on our, there's a June 28th um, That's right. web, webinar that we're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a little, little, little plug for us, yeah. but it's around healthcare and how we're helping to impact the patient experience. Yep. Right. Which, which, uh, which, you know, there's, um, there's a whole story there and it is, um, and it's amazing. And at the same time, it's, uh, it's, um, it's heartfelt what, uh, what patients have to go through, especially those that, um, you know, that have a, um, you know, a physical, um, you know, impediment around, um, around how, how they have to, um, you know, deal with things and how we can impact and make the patient experience better for those, yeah. you know, just hits on a different level. Right. Uh, and and so to answer your question, you know, areas like, you know, healthcare and the patient experience, that's that's a new frontier for us. And uh, we're excited to, to really you know, help deliver a pa better patient experience. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. And, and Sam uh, highlights a, a, an upcoming event, a really exciting one to build off of our coverage of the patient experience. Uh, we had a, a one of our uh, most popular podcast, Linda Tucci, uh, one of our industry uh, practitioner advisory boards from Ortho Clinical Diagnostics, now Kaidel Ortho, um, is going through her own personal health battle uh, and journey with with um, uh, her recovery from cancer, um, and uh, just a beautiful discussion with her colleague uh, around. Uh, the lack of compassion and the opportunities to improve the patient experience. And we're going to build off of this discussion and that with a webinar on June 28th at 1 p.m. So mark your calendars, a complimentary webinar, how EximMed and Shepherd Center are exploring healthcare transformation with AR. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and so feel free to join us as we continue the dialogue and showcase uh, how the technology is enabling the, the healthcare uh, industry. Um, so Sam, last question, the value, we are so humbled. Thank you for being a board member. Our partnership has always been very valuable to us. What is the value you get from the relationship? And, and maybe one thing about you personal that the audience doesn't know or something you're looking forward to or something, uh, something personal that you can share with our audience to get to know you a little better. Sure. So, uh, you know, the service council, you know, has been really, uh, you know, invaluable to us, um, being able to, you know, to share, um, you know, stories and, uh, and, and get perspective and outlook from, from others in the same space, right. Is, is really huge being able to really keep our fingers close to the pulse of, uh, 
the uh, you know the service uh, space right is is uh, you know is something that uh, you know we're just getting value from you know on an ongoing basis right so so staying very close to everything that you know you and uh, your organization does uh, is really key for us to 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 really help shape our product shape our offering shape the direction of of what we do so we get a lot out of that and um, and I'm just happy. Uh, to have the opportunity to contribute in the way that we are and then helping to, you know, to share our story with your members, right. Which is, which is, uh, which is really, really big. Um, boy, for me personally, um, you know, look, uh, so um, I personally, so I'll, I'll share one thing. So um, I'm an avid griller. Okay. So, um, so on my downtime, uh, I like to grill all kinds of things. Um, I have this green egg, uh, for, you know, any of you who, who, yeah. uh, um, and by the way, I have no affiliation with, with the green egg, but it's a, it's an amazing, uh, product, uh, you can, um, and it's, and it's great because you can't really mess too many things up. So I like to do that in free time and the, the beauty of it, it just takes a long time to, you know, to, to cook your food on it. So there's, there's, uh, gives you a lot of opportunity to do other things, but, um, grilling. So two, so grilling and golf, John. We talked All about right. golf earlier, so that's Absolutely. an that's an ongoing challenge. But those are my two those are my two you know passions outside of my family. Ah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to exchange notes on the grilling. I'm, I, I love to grill, <laughs> and you know, in Boston, sometimes we grill even through the winter. So uh, you know, that's just how we God roll bless up you. here. So, <laughs> well, listen, he's Sam Weisberg. He's the president and co-founder of KRAR, a Xerox company. Sam, this has been a really enjoyable dialogue. Thank you so much for the partnership. Thank you for your time today. Join us on June 28th. Uh, his organization will be uh, sponsoring a webinar uh, featuring uh, really great two customers uh, and partners of, of CARIAR in terms of how they're innovating around the service experience within the healthcare and patient experience. Sam, thanks for being a board member. Thanks for joining us today. I really enjoyed the dialogue. It's my honor, John. Thanks so Appreciate much. It. Thank you to our listening and participating audience. We'll see you on the next episode. And this is available on whatever channel you subscribe to. You can grab it from our website. Thank you for joining. Hopefully it was a useful session for you. Thanks. Take care.